Thank you, my man. God bless you. Thank you for that good report. It's amazing what God is doing around the world and here in our own community through the church. If anybody ever doubted Luke's literary genius, all they have to do is read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Luke was able to take one of the most significant, impactful events in the history of the planet and reduce it to two paragraphs, and it's 13 verses in our English Bibles. And that great, significant event that Paul, pardon me, that Luke described in Acts chapter 2 is the birth of the church. It's our roots. It's our beginning. It happened in a, in a, in a, on a day. And I want to read that brief encounter to you, or at least parts of it. Paul, uh, Luke, get off Paul. Luke uh, spent quite a bit of time describing who was there, and we're going to cut that part out. But turn in your Bibles to uh, 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 Acts chapter 2, uh, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound, a sound, like the blowing of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then they saw what appeared to be, what seemed to be, tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So that's the event. And then in verses 5 through 13, Luke tells us what happened as a result of that event. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing or devout Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound... A crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? And then he lists Parthians and uh, Asia, Frigid, all the different places. Jump down to verse 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've been drinking too much wine. So the first thing Luke did is introduce us to this amazing event which shapes and, and gives sense to the rest of this book of Acts. Without these early chapters, and especially this one, what's going on in Acts? There are miracles, there are uh, healings, there are, are pagan people, people who had no sense of, of the God of Israel flocking into the church. Becoming Christians, lives were being changed. Even this great enemy, Saul, who was persecuting the church, became its greatest missionary. 
And from chapter 13 through the end, the story focuses on this man, this, this, this Saul slash Paul, who became the great missionary who stomped around the Roman world telling people about Jesus and planting churches. And then later writing letters to them. And we have Paul's 13 letters that he wrote to these various churches explaining to them what this new life, this whole phenomenon, this thing that was happening to these people. These people who were serving other gods and some of them very vile people and raunchy behavior and immoral and illegal, all this kind of stuff, and their lives were changing. And they were seeing themselves change and their families change and their friends change and they were part of this community called the church and these churches around the Roman world were reaching out into their own communities and bringing about changes just like our brothers were talking about this morning. Helping people who needed help. Fantastic thing. But it all began, it says, uh, when the day of Pentecost came. This was 50 days after Jesus' crucifixion. The, and, and Jerusalem was, was full of Jews, it says, from all over the world. All over the Roman, their world was the Roman world. Probably weren't any people from Detroit there, but you get the idea. Their world. And they, they were there gathered to to celebrate this Passover, the, uh, the, the uh, Pentecost. So, so Passover occurred the day after Jesus was crucified. Fifty days later, you have Pentecost and all of these people coming. And then 14 weeks later, you have the Festival of Booths where people came back to Jerusalem. So three times a year, all the, these many, many Jews came and, and the largest of the three was this Pentecost, this celebration. So it was on a great high holy day for Israel. And all these people were gathered. But it says on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. Who are they? Well, if you go back to chapter 1, you read that, 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 that Jesus had called his apostles together on the Mount of Olives, the 11 that were left after Judas' defection. He called them together and he said, look, I, I've, got a, I've got great news for you guys. Good news and bad news. The bad news is I'm out of here. I'm leaving. I'm going back to the Father. But before I go, I want to tell you something. You guys, you people, and the people you reach are going to change this world. You will be my witnesses right here in Jerusalem. And then you will spread out from here into Judea and Samaria. And then as you get this infrastructure built and you have more experience and you have more prayer support and you have more confidence in what I'm doing because you're seeing me at work on these first in your own town and then spreading out. And then you guys are going to change the world. This message, this witness, this thing you're going to witness to about my crucifixion and my resurrection and my ascension into heaven. I'm giving you a mission. I'm giving you a task. I'm giving you a way of life. That's the most exciting thing you can ever imagine. There's only one problem. <laughs> you can't do it. You can't do it. So, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and wait until my Holy Spirit comes. 
You see, I'm going back to the Father. And I'm going to reclaim my role as the King of Kings and Lord. I never gave it up, but I appeared as this human thing. But I'm going to go back, and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And when he comes, you'll be equipped and empowered to do this thing that right now you hear me saying, you want me to be your witness? I mean, when you talk to people about you, you got crucified. And now you want us to go out and tell the same message you've been talking about? That you came the light of the world, you came to save people and all that kind of stuff? And we don't have the skill. I mean, you're the great teacher. Wow, people are miserable when you teach. And you do miracles. Who are we? We can't do that stuff. We're not God. You are. How are you going to send us out? Jesus said, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I will gift you. I will give you the fruit of my spirit. And I will empower you. Wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. And the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the rest of the world. And if we put sign, one sign over our front door, it says, what are we all about? We are witnesses for Jesus. We are here to make disciples, not of our church or of us, but Jesus' disciples, bringing people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we can share that news to the extent that it's happening to us. We talked about that last week. He said, just as I have transformed your lives, you guys, I want you to go out and share this message and you'll see other lives being transformed. And we're right here in this Palm Desert Community Presbyterian Church, but as we heard this morning, all over the world, we are reaching out through our prayers, through our finances. It's a wonderful thing to be ministers to the world, to see young physicians and dentists and nurses trained and going into the, their communities. Nationals. We're not sending the white male <laughs> to Africa. We're raising up Africans and Indians. It's fantastic. You know why all this is happening? Because the Holy Spirit came on the church. And as thrilling as it is to be part of these missions, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what about our own, what about our own Jerusalem? It's one thing to pray, and it's a great thing to pray. It's one thing to give, and it's a great thing to give. So they can do it. But Jesus said, hey, wait a minute, guys. Write the checks, say the prayers, but you 
are my witnesses in your Jerusalem and your Judea and Samaria and in any way you can around the world. The day of Pentecost came. They were all together. It was the disciples. In fact, in verse uh, 14, we read that it, uh, of chapter 1. It was the disciples and the women who had been supporting Jesus. And there were about 120 Christians there. So they were all together in this upper room. And uh, suddenly, verse 2, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So this noise, this great booming noise came from heaven. And it sounded like a tornado. It sounded like a hurricane. Some great violent wind this, this is what it sounded like. But what attracted people's attention was this, 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 this noise, this sound. And so it says, uh, uh, it filled the whole house. And, and then not only did they hear something, they saw something. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. And what's interesting is Luke relates the image, the, 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 the picture he painted here was very similar to the picture that he painted in Luke, in his gospel, Luke chapter 3, when he talked about Jesus' baptism. Listen to the similarities. When all the people were baptized, when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. And Luke said, on the day of Pentecost, a great sound came from heaven. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And so like these people, they heard in, 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 on the day of Pentecost, they heard the noise, they saw the tongues. It, looked, it was fire, little pieces of fire, looked like tongues. Flames of fire resting on them. So there was a visible thing. Just like with Jesus, a dove came from heaven in the bodily form of a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved with you, whom I am well pleased. And, and, and Luke is saying this, 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 this stupendous event that happened when Jesus was baptized. Heaven opened. A voice came. A loud noise. A voice came. And a dove descended. So there was the visible, the, the, the oral, and the obvious connection with heaven that prepared Jesus to withstand his temptation and to begin his ministry. And now he comes to the book of Acts and he says, now I'm saying to you folks, you folks, there's going to be a great noise from heaven. We're going to mimic what happened to Jesus. Because what Jesus has called you to do is be his witnesses. And that same Holy Spirit from God that descended on Jesus is descending on you to equip you, to protect you, to teach you, to empower you, to change the world one neighbor at a time, one child at a time, one prisoner at a time, one homeless person at a time, one mourning parent or spouse at a time.
by telling them of Jesus' love. That's what it's all about. Telling other people, I have some good news. <laughs> Let me tell you about Jesus. This idea of speaking in other tongues or languages, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And, and the, 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 the word tongues is used twice in this passage, verse 4 and verse 11. And the word languages is used twice in verse 6 and verse 8. And there's some confusion about what, what was actually going on. But Luke cleared it up by saying each of these people, as the, as the uh, this 120 went out and, and they, were, they were speaking, they were speaking, it says they were they, they, they were speaking in other tongues, languages, as the Spirit enabled them. And, and, and the, what they were saying was, was noble truth. The Spirit was giving them this utterance. That's literally as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the literal translation of the Spirit enabled them. But what He enabled them to do was speak a message. Was to speak a message. And I have written down here someplace. Oh, here it is, yeah. Uh, uh, where is he? J. Robertson Nicole, speaking of this word of giving them utterance, said this is not used, this word of giving them utterance, is not used of ordinary conversation. But in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, when it speaks of how a prophet prophesied, this word is only used of prophets. It's high, noble speech. Greeks employed this term to describe the sayings of the wise and the philosophers. In other words, what, what Luke wants us to understand is what, God, what the Holy Spirit gave these people to share. What these people were talking about was high and holy truth. It would be more like a Bible class or a Sunday school class or a board meeting than it would be a tailgate party before the Packers game. There's nothing wrong with good conversation. But he said, these guys weren't just talking. They weren't just giving the news or the weather report. This was high and holy truth that they were speaking. And they were speaking it as the Holy Spirit enabled them, as the Holy Spirit gave them the message to speak. But you get these people from all over the world. There are 16 different languages listed. I counted them. 16 different people listed in this passage, these different languages. And it says, as these Galileans were speaking, each of these people was hearing them, what they were saying, in their own language. And there's a lot of, you know, theological interaction here about what actually happened. But is, 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 I think the, the view that these guys spoke this the language that, that God gave them, we don't know if it was Aramaic, their own language, and it was in, these people heard it. But whatever was happening, whatever was happening, is these 120 people were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave them the ability, the message to speak out the wonders of God. We read down here in uh, uh, verse uh, uh, 11. We hear them declaring the wonders of God. 
in our own language, in our own tongues. So this is an incredible miracle. But you know what it is, is it's giving these guys confidence. They're saying, you mean the whole world, all we, we speak our language. Uh, we also speak Koine Greek because that's the lingua franca. We sort of speak that a little bit. But look at all these, the world? And the Holy Spirit said, is anything too hard for me? I'm going to show you what I can do. I'm going to give you guys a message. You're going to speak it out, and all these people are going to say, huh, we heard this in our own language. Any of you who have traveled internationally wished you could do this? <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, <laughs> where's the airport? <laughs> what are you saying? I've got to get to the airport. I don't know how to say it. So, you know, anyway, I prayed, God, give me a, a tongue so I can get back home. But you, you get the picture. This was an incredible miracle. And what it made it even more of a miracle is that they were all Galileans. Not particularly educated people. That they could speak in these languages, but also they could speak such exalted truth about God. That same Holy Spirit is here. We sang about it. Spirit of God, descend upon my heart. He's not asking us to go out and speak to people in other languages. He's asking us to use the language we grew up with and the scriptures he gave us and the spiritual gifts he gave us and the fruit of the Spirit that he is developing and growing in us. And he's saying, just share the message. And my Holy Spirit will take your fumbling, sometimes fearful words, and translate them into the heart of the person you're speaking with. And it'll make sense to them. If you trust me, and you obey me, And you share this message. And about halfway through, sometimes, as I'm sharing the gospel message, I think this is crazy. If some guy 2,000 years ago died, and so you can go to heaven? <laughs> What's that about? And somehow, the Holy Spirit takes this very skeptical person, and they say, I believe it. The Holy Spirit does that. I, I want to read. This is a, uh, just, just give me a minute. I, I call the NFL, and they're going to delay all the football games five minutes. <laughs> this is from Ezekiel. Very strange event. The hand of the Lord came upon me, Ezekiel said, and he brought me out by the Spirit, the Ruach, the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley full of bones. He led me all around them, and there were very, very many lying in the valley. They were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Speak to these bones. Prophesy to these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause ruach, breath, spirit, to enter you, and you dry bones shall live. I will lay sinews on you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put ruach, spirit, in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no spirit in them, no ruach in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the ruach, prophesy, mortal, and say to the ruach, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the Spirit came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. And Jesus is saying to you and me, prophesy in the power of the Spirit, and these dry bones, your dry bones, will live. And as you share that message, their dry bones will live. Because the significant, single, only difference is the coming of the Holy Spirit into a person's life when they accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And lives are changed. And dead bones dance.